The United States of America is being invaded and the federal government is doing nothing at all to stop it. So the state of Texas has begun to act. Uh, just recently, yesterday, they uh, took possession of Eagle Pass and kicked out the federal government uh, to enforce the border. What is going to happen next? Uh, hello and welcome to Contramundum. I'm Andrew Isker. Here with me is CJ Engel. And joining us today is Josh Abatoy of America Reformer. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be here. Um, you know, when I saw the news last night and woke up this morning, it felt a little bit like Christmas morning. Um, you know, those of us who've been following stuff in Texas for a while have been, you know, begging some kind of action like this for some time. Um, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see how real it is. But uh, all indications so far um, appear to say that what happened last night at Eagle Pass is uh, is new. It's a new development. It's legit. And uh, I'm fired up. So excellent. excellent. Uh, you had we're going to get into this. Um Actually, before we get into like the detailed questions, because you have a piece that you put on, um, who published it? I just saw it a couple minutes ago. American Reformer. Okay, yeah. I haven't even I haven't even seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even read it yet. But I guess the question that I have um, is is why now and what like what motivated this out of the blue? <sighs> well, um, you know that like. I look at these things from a lawyer's perspective. That's my background. Um, I, I have to say that this was very favorable terrain to do this on from a legal perspective. Um, there, there have been rumors coming out, and Abbott said it, that the federal government at Eagle Pass has been removing barricades that Texas has installed in violation of a court order. Um, so, so that's number one. Number two, um, <clears throat> It's pretty clear from the reporting coming out last night that this was coordinated with friendlies within the Border Patrol Union. So, you know, the, he probably has some contacts in Border Patrol on the federal side down there, uh, was able to work this out in a way where um, he was able to accomplish what he wanted. And all of that's building a record for eventual litigation, which this is all going to be litigated. And what that's going to look like when they go to litigation is... Um, there's going to be contemporaneous records of border patrol agents thanking Abbott for helping, you know, helping actually enforce our laws. And he's going to have a record of uh, the Biden administration and uh, potentially acting in contempt of a court order. So mm -hmm. like all of that's like very nitty gritty tactical reasons why you might do it. Um, like pulling the camera back, uh, you know, this, this administration of course is incredibly inept and weak. Um, the reporting on the crisis at the border has reached a fever pitch in the last couple of weeks. Um, and then there's the, the administration's distracted. I mean, we're shoveling billions of dollars overseas and all of these distant wars that we don't have a strong interest nexus in. Um, we just hit Yemen last night. Uh, great time, you know, great time to pull a move like this. And uh, yeah, so, so, I mean, those are all just sort of real, real politic considerations for why he might've done it last night. Um, and, uh, you know, look, I mean, Abbott, uh, through, through many, you know, the last several years, uh, he's been, um, he's not on the vanguard, shall we say. But the one thing I will say about him is he is, he will get pulled by his electorate if they're really insistent enough. And I, I suggest that might be what's happening here. And then, you know, for, on top of that, as he gets a taste of the acclaim that he's receiving, for this very minor little step. Yeah. 
the optimistic case is that he likes that and he wants to do more of it because he realizes, you know, people are looking to him and relying on him and, and that's good. You know, maybe he trains some muscles that help him, um, you know, do much more things, uh, do, do many more, uh, you know, like braver things down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This seems like, um, I mean, they, they did it very swiftly. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, nobody was talking about it. Uh, he didn't threaten it. Nobody really saw it coming. I mean, I could be out of the loop on those, you know, intricacies, but it seemed to me like it was just well-planned and well-executed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I didn't, I had no, I had no hint this was coming. I mean, there's been some sort of, you know, minor saber rattling from, from the Abbott administration, but you know, a lot of it, I mean, we've all seen that Abbott is doing these sort of headline grabbing things like he's shipping migrants to blue cities, which, you know, I don't, it, it grabs headlines. Like, I'm not sure mm -hmm. it's all that great of a strategy. Um, but you know, we could argue about that, but you know, that, that's been the bulk of what he's done up until now. Um, you know, but the, the thing that he's started doing a little bit is this direct installation of, of border boundaries, which actually is a, that is a significant and sort of mm -hmm. new thing. And then, um, you know, that kind of triggered the feds into like illegally removing the. <laughs> so, so did he, so did he, did he take over as a state? Did he take over local initiatives or did he actually replace federal responsibility? I mean, I know like the, the federal government has the, you know, ultimate responsibility of protecting the border, but weren't there local police on the border there that he, he basically used state power to uh, take over or was it, it wasn't federal stuff that he took over. It was local, right? It was both. Oh, it's both. Yeah. yeah okay. He's been blocking entry of federal agents in Eagle pass. And oh, then, and then okay. he also boxed out a city. Uh, you know, he has to do that a lot. I mean, right wingers in Texas like it when Abbott infringes on local governments, because usually that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we like it when he tries to, you know, restore order in, in Austin and places like that because they're kind of anarchic under their, under their government. Well, yeah. Because I mean, they, I mean, there's a, there's a key relationship between like the globalist international interests and localities. I mean, that's what we see in oh, California. Yeah. I mean, people don't yeah. even realize that California just regionally is actually more of a conservative state, but there's been mm -hmm. so much great like tactical plays in California so that international globalist federal interests can basically take off, pick off key localities and change the whole state. So it's the same thing that's happening in Texas. That's why Texas is flirting with um, becoming a blue state. That's why it's struggling. So there are state level, you know, initiatives. That's why like, like when people talk about locality, it is important for sure. Like take over your school boards, uh, boards for sure. But you have to realize that state level is being pigeonholed. Because localities mm -hmm. are being key localities are being taken over over. I think the the left has been much more organized and tactical in, in the way that it does things. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's totally true. Um, you know, I, I think that the thing that Texas has going for it, and this has been the case for maybe 10 or 15 years, is that unlike most red states, there's actually like a pretty good, uh, very far right um, intellectual class in Texas. And, you know, they're off. I mean, they've been dissatisfied with the Abbott um, administration in a lot of ways for years, but they're constantly pulling and pulling that direction. And they're also aligned with the grassroots that comprises the bulk of the GOP in Texas. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, the, the, the ideological drift in Texas is not it's not immigration driven. It's actually homegrown. It's it's mm -hmm. the kids who are the product of Texas public schools turn into turn into uh, you know, libs. 
-hmm. who would have guessed? But, you know, the um, <laughs> the the migration and flight from California is actually helping the politics in Texas because those people are mm -hmm. are more conservative on average than the average Texan. Yeah, no, I, I can see that for sure. I mean, Andrew, do you want to jump in here? I got so many questions about this, so I'll let you. Yeah, yo, no, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my thing is uh, your article, you know, I, I thought it was it was excellent. Every I put a link in the chat here for everyone to read it. Um, and and I hope that I hope that you all do. And and really I think the best thing in the article is I mean, you go over the the you know, legal aspect of the case, uh, between the federal government and the state of Texas and, and, um, the Arizona precedent and so forth, but your focus isn't so much, uh, on, on the legality, more so the real politique, uh, behind it. And especially, I mean, one of the points that you bring up that I think people fail to really understand with the Supreme court is the Supreme court is not immune to politics. It's not just sitting up above politics and, and adjudicating things. And it's, it's, it's totally blind to everything else going on that no, they, they actually are a very political institution. And you see, I've, I brought this up several times before that, like, um, uh, before the Roberts court, this was, John, uh, was a uh, William Rehnquist, uh, Bush versus Gore in, in 2000, I think is like the prime example of this because, uh, the state of Florida was going to give the electoral votes to George W. Bush in 2000. And right as the legislature is convening, they, they issue their ruling and, and what you know what? They stop the recount and all of these things to make it look like the Supreme court is the one that is, was going to issue the ruling and end all of it, but they didn't really matter at all. It was the, the state of Florida that was going to actually make the political move to end end the recount it was just a fig leaf that covered uh the authority of the supreme court and so you see this all over the place you see it like within the 2020 election why they wouldn't take up any of the challenges before the election um and after because they don't want to be involved in a constitutional crisis which is what you bring up um mm -hmm. in this in this article and so what what Abbott is doing with this and and yeah you it's it's really serendipitous because you wrote this right before uh before the news last night that that he, that he did this um and uh what Abbott is doing is is kind of forcing their hand right mm -hmm. you have all of these these cities like uh you know San Francisco is the prime example but even even the twin cities is this way too and all the major blue cities in the country um are are sanctuary cities where they openly uh violate the the federal government's uh and, and and congress's laws on immigration and the government does nothing to oppose them. there's no lawsuits there's no resources devoted to that uh but when when greg abbott uh, tries to enforce the actual law that that congress has set forth on immigration they mm -hmm. they move heaven and earth to stop him uh which is which is just absolutely absurd. So he's, he's forcing their hand um, in, in multiple ways. He's forcing the, the Biden administration and the regime as a whole. Um, and he's, he's forcing their hand. He's forcing the Supreme court's hand to have to issue some kind of ruling or uh, just refuse to hear their lawsuit and, and allow him to, to do what he wants. Um, and so I guess, you know, uh, talk, 
talk some more about that. I mean, both the, the aspect of, of the Supreme Court as a political entity, uh, because, you know, you're the lawyer and, and you know, you know this, you've forgotten more about constitutional law than I, I'll, I'll ever know. Uh, so explain, you know, explain that the Supreme Court in terms of, of the political um, and, and, and especially as it relates to the issue of immigration. Yeah. And, and my story is, is sort of a real politic one. Um, <clears throat> you know, conservatives have, uh, you know, for the last 30 years or so really been steeped in originalism. And that's such a, uh, the, the approach of originalism is very prescriptivist. It's kind of sitting down, what should judges, how should judges act in an ideal world, you know? And like, I even agree, like if we have a virtuous republic with a virtuous citizenry where, you know, everything is working, I do want my judges to be originalists. I, I actually, you know, I, I, I right. buy a lot of the basic argument for it, but we have to like sort of fundamentally recognize change circumstances and all of that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we have to say is looking at the situation descriptively, um, the Supreme Court doesn't have an army. You know, they don't have any like real power. Their power is their mm -hmm. legitimacy, their fa the fact that they're perceived by the public and other political actors as being guardians of the Constitution. And mm -hmm. so there have been certain occasions throughout history where they have overstepped, where they got involved in something that they should not have been involved with. And not just that, but it was kind of in a way where they overstepped and the people of the country were against them and a lot of the powerful interests were against them and they got whacked for it. They've been mm. disregarded at some key occasions. A lot of times it's in a time of crisis or emergency and they, you know, they, they make a ruling that gets ignored. Um, you know, on the flip side, look at the, um, when they're at their apex of legitimacy and power, you look at some of the stuff they do and it's like shocking. I mean, it's almost tyrannical in the mid, you know, in the mid 20th century, mm -hmm. you had the Supreme court, Earl Warren, he's writing mm -hmm. rules for what every police officer in the country needs to read to people when they pull them over on the side of the, <laughs> like the Miranda I mean, that was yeah. Earl Warren writing words that every, like a script for every police officer yeah. in the country to use. And, you know, obviously going to every small town across the country, stop praying, you know, at a time yeah, when we're 95 percent yeah. Christian, um, they can get away with stuff like that when their power is at its apex. Rose a great example of that, you know, um, mm -hmm. and really the last great example of that is Obergefell. And mm -hmm. I think we're entering a new time period where all of our other political institutions are totally like without legitimacy. And mm -hmm. the Supreme Court is finally like really following suit pretty quickly. And they know that they're not idiots. And so. What that means is they're going to be um, extremely cautious and thoughtful and protective of their legitimacy. Like that's John Roberts. Like you want to find the decision rule that that really explains most of how he rules on things. It's like what will keep the Supreme Court out of a contentious issue? Like mm -hmm. what will what will um, how can we keep our hands as clean as possible if it's politically contentious? Mm -hmm. That yeah. That Look at uh, Obamacare, for example. There's ruling on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's, I think that's, that's the, the prime example where it's like, they mm -hmm. didn't even follow the constitutional procedure where an appropriations bill has to be, has to originate in the house of representatives. And so it's definitionally unconstitutional. And they're like, ah, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, for, for that reason, because if they strike it down, he's going to get his hand caught in the cookie jar. 
Well, he's right dealing then. in the he's dealing in the first it's the first term of like a very popular president who had a way mm -hmm. of election. Um, you know, opposing that guy, shutting down his agenda in his first term is going to be very politically mm -hmm. costly. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's what's happening in general. And then you get to the immigration issue. And this is where this is where it really starts to become absurd that the Supreme Court would actually want to stick its neck out here. Um, mm -hmm. But but this is this is part of my argument. I mean, Greg, let's be clear. Greg Abbott has not taken all the steps that we want him to take yet. Mm -hmm. Like, because I mean, what he did at Eagle Pass last night is great. What I'm calling him to do is signal that you're a legitimate threat to disregard a Supreme Court order. I mean, that mm -hmm. that like you know, this is the Fed posting portion of the of the podcast. That's a rare <laughs> and kind of extreme thing to say, but. But like doing so will well, this, increase the likelihood that you win when your case goes up to yeah. the SCOTUS. This is, but this is anti, this is anti-Fed posting. I mean, this is exactly, this is, this yes. is the way that democracy needs to function, you know, like constitutionally. This is like all the things they say about using your representatives to make changes and not going rogue on your, like all the things they preach at the right. Like this is yeah. exactly set up to say, okay, we're going to, yes. we're going to call your bluff on this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's yeah, it's it's anti because it, like Fed is like some vigilante nut job doing something crazy. <laughs> this is um, this is a, a legitimate sovereign, and this is a point you make in the article. Like this is this a governor and a state is is a sovereign, and he has a sovereign duty to his people, and he is going to disregard a federal government that is itself disregarding its duty to its people. Um, and no, and, yeah, and not not only the duty, but the, the law, the law as written. Yeah, this yeah. this is completely legally, just like you know, get away from the political theory. Just the way the law is written, completely in Abbott's favor. If yeah, he wants and, to do and, it, if he wants to do and it. And the the point about like Scalia's dissent or quasi dissent in the Arizona case is right. If a state is at, like the just the original Constitution, if a state is being invaded. Right, they can raise a militia and repel the invasion independently of the federal government. And so, if you have a million people crossing into your border, whether they have rifles or not, what is that but an invasion? Right. I mean, I, I said at the top of the show, the United States of America is being invaded. I mean, that, well, literally, it's, if people it can walk, through, if people can walk through a capital and it's called an insurrection, I mean, surely millions of people crossing a border yeah. can be called an invasion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so. It, it, it is one. And, and so if that's happening, what, what is he to do? Like the, I mean, the, the complete 180, right. Complete antithesis of the like sanctuary city would be if Greg Abbott, right. Just set up giant, massive prison camps and put all of them there and said, all right, you're staying here until your court date uh, in 2035 and, and you get bread and water. Right. Uh, like that, that would be the opposite of it and say, all right, John Roberts, how many divisions do you have? All right, Joe Biden, send in the 101st Airborne to to liberate the uh, the, the illegal immigrants. Like um, that would be like right if if we could be Greg Abbott and like use his power to do what we. I mean, that's what we you know anyone on the right would do, or any anyone that's voting for him that wants um, wants things to be would be like extreme measures to stop this, right? To to disincentivize. Um, the invasion happening. Um, and so, right. He's not, I mean, I'm not going to get too pie in the sky and think like, okay, <laughs> he's going to do those things and take the, the, as extreme a measure, like 
set up troops and put put in millions of landmines on the border or things like that. But like he's not going to do those things. Um, yeah, as much as CJ would want that. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, Newsom is listening. That's right. That's right. But he's not going to do that stuff. But I mean, even the small, tiny little steps that he's taking um, that that opposes the federal government is is like you said in the article, um, it, there will be a, there is a groundswell of popular support, both in Texas and throughout the country for what he is doing. And you have to think, I mean, even despite like he's, he, there, like Texas has a lot of big money and a lot of corporate interests and a lot of pressure along those lines that, that want the borders to be wide open. Um, so he's got to balance those things. I mean, he's, he's not immune to any of that too. Uh, but like, Keeping that in mind, the fact that he's even doing this is is a huge deal. So, yeah. Josh, um, do you think this action last night was specifically responding to the announcement of a of a of a lawsuit? No, I don't. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I I, I think that that would have been a factor in the broader decision making process. But mm-hmm. I, I think the the real instigator for the action last night was. Um, was just the fact that I, I think it, the fact that that Abbott did it, he's very cautious. The fact that he did it makes it almost certain in my mind that they've got a good record of federal agents removing borders in violation of a court order at Eagle Pass. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really what it means. Um, you know, um, like it's it's I mean it's all in the con. It's hard to separate these things because it is all in this context of this escalating existential mm-hmm. fight in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um so you know that 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 doj lawsuit that was filed um i, I guess uh nine days ago today so it would have been okay. eight days ago from last night um so so again don't think it was directly responsive but mm-hmm. you know as i said in my article and like you know this is um like this is good uh, we need more of this like we you know if Greg Abbott goes into court and says like, I'm a, I mean, the legal defense for Texas is Texas is a sovereign state mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, the right to exclude has always inherited inherit to sovereignty. So, you know, if he goes there with that being his case and he says, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we haven't really lifted a finger. We haven't really done anything. That's the federal government's job. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculously mm-hmm. contorted and tortured and all of this. Mm-hmm part of what I say is if he acts like a sovereign and then he goes to the Supreme court and argues that he's a sovereign, he's a lot more credible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like what he did last night, hopefully does a lot more of it. That's what a sovereign does. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my, my question along these lines too is um, like, so I mean, some of it is like the legal aspect and how it will play out. Um, you know, maybe right. The fifth circuit rules on it. Maybe they agree with Texas. Right. And, and the Supreme court doesn't hear it and that's the end of it. Right. Um, or right. Say this, the fifth circuit agrees with Texas, it goes to the Supreme court and they take the case right. Then does the Arizona precedent get revisited? Uh, because you have, like you said in the article, you know, there's a different Supreme court than it was in 2012. Um, if it gets revisited, what, what possible changes could be made to that precedent? Um, you know, if, if, if it is taken up by, by the Supreme court. Um, I I mean, I think that all depends on the political calculus in part. Um, you know, the, (laughs) 
the laws at issue are very similar to the laws in, in Arizona v. U.S. Yeah. I mean, if I was just a talk was, about that, talk about that real quick. Like, um, what happened there, and why, and why is it relevant to yeah, this? Arizona v. U.S. This is a case. I, you know, people may remember during Obama's years, in his first term, he was just super negligent about about mm -hmm. maintaining border security. And then in his second term, he took the negligence up to like what I would say is just straight up lawlessness, where mm -hmm. he he literally made an affirmative policy of deferred action and all of this. Um, you know, in, in his second term, he did things that in his first term, he said only an emperor could do that. But anyway, so so this is we're talking <laughs> first term Obama. So we're just talking about him being extremely negligent on the border. Mm -hmm. And Arizona has a has a somewhat conservative governor and legislature at the time. Jan Brewer is a governor, you know, good mm -hmm. legislature. And they pass laws that like they make it a state, uh, some low level state felony to be in Arizona as an illegal immigrant. Mm -hmm. So so like, you know, obviously, like the federal system already has its own set of penalties and consequences that are purportedly supposed to apply to illegal immigrants. And so Arizona like tacked on state stuff. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you do that is because the feds aren't detaining anybody. So when you have a state law with a state penalty, state law enforcement can detain people. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it was mainly that. And then the other thing, they, they gave a little bit of um, investigatory power. So like if you suspect somebody of being in the state illegally, you can investigate. And then, of course, if they are, that's now a crime and you can detain and then they also added um, they added a penalty for employers who knowingly employ illegal immigrants, which there's mm -hmm. already federal stuff on the books that, that mm -hmm. purportedly penalizes that. So now there's state stuff. Um, so generally, I mean, there were some minor differences and you can quibble, but generally the Arizona scheme like mirrored, you know, the general legislative purpose and intent of the federal scheme. Like when you mm -hmm. look at the two bodies of law, it's like, OK, yeah, they're they're giving out you know penalties for being present here illegally and they're giving out penalties yeah. for employers who hire illegals like that's the general legislative purpose of our federal immigration law with respect to yeah. illegal immigration arizona yeah. That. yeah right right and so um you know we can get into the legal weeds if you want to on the mental gymnastics these people did in 2011 mm -hmm. but you know justice kennedy writing for the majority reagan appointee um you know, overturned Arizona's laws and uh, did it on the basis of like, it's basically this theory that um, immigration is a subject where if Congress passes a bunch of laws, then they have this complex, comprehensive scheme and it just belongs to the federal government and a state can't, they just can't pass a law on that subject matter full stop. Yeah. Like even if it's identical. Flicks. Yeah. Yeah, right. e yeah. Yeah. Even if it's identical to the federal law and they say, we're actually going to enforce it. Uh, nope. Can't do that. Yeah. Well, and the, the perversity then becomes like the, the, in, in Arizona, the conflict really was, if there was any conflict of purpose, the conflict was, well, the executive branch who's tasked with faithfully enforcing the laws has made a policy of not, not enforcing them in the way, in the way that Arizona wants to. And, and, you know, so, so there was no, there was no, like, you know, there, there wasn't a good argument that the Arizona laws actually conflicted with congressional intent, but rather um, they conflicted with maybe some delegation from Congress to the executive. And then the executive decides not to do anything. 
mm-hmm. and the Arizona policies, the, the Arizona law certainly conflicted with not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the, and you know, again, Scalia, um, it's a sneaky dissent, and I want to I want to defend to Scalia a lot, but but as far as just the normie law analysis, what Scalia does there is he says, no, you guys are getting it wrong. You need to do this very narrow analysis called conflict preemption, where you you have to show that a specific law like conflicts with congressional intent on a specific matter, and it has to be a matter that like the federal government sort of has exclusive jurisdiction over, right? Mm-hmm. So so like he wants it he wants the analysis to be much more narrow. But again, I said, I want to come back and defend Scalia. Scalia is a judge and he's a lawyer. So he knows like he's aware of his limitations in the office that he that he holds. Mm-hmm. But he's also not an idiot. And like in this thing, he says things like um, the federal government is attempting to deprive Arizona of one of the defining characteristics of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, t- to me, like if, if Scalia were sitting here, of course, a bunch of necktie guys, they want to argue about like these narrow doctrinal points that come up mm-hmm. with that and all, all the rest. But Scalia knew what he was saying there. Like Scalia would say, well, that's a that's a sovereign being, you know, purportedly deprived of sovereignty. What mm-hmm. happens when, when when you try to deprive a sovereign of sovereignty? I mean, like, like and he knew he knew what that meant. And I'm in my mm-hmm. piece, I'm trying to sort of call people to to really like understand the import of just these very basic concepts that we already have in our political tradition. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we have dual sovereignty and that states are sovereigns, like just, just, in, just like internalize that and actually think about what that means and think about what our political tradition says in a case like Arizona or today in Texas. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is like what, what people are talking about with the, the civil rights act. I know people are starting to turn against it. Um, just, just typical standard, like movement conservatives. Um, I don't know what kind of like tricks they have up their sleeve, but it's important to realize that there's this, you know, state sovereignty has been there under the surface and people have, uh, it's been ignored for a century, mm-hmm. almost a century. Um, mm-hmm. But the arsenal that we have is already legally locked and loaded. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I would submit, um, the conservative legal movement has been saying stuff about state sovereignty, 10th Amendment, mm-hmm. you know, these sorts of things for maybe about 10 or 20 years. Um, there's a couple problems with our strategy as a movement, um, both more broadly and then the, the conservative legal movement. Um, I, at first, I would say governors have been like, oh, this stuff is great. I'm going to staff up a big solicitor general's office and they're going to go argue about this with lawyers. <laughs> when, you know, in fact, like the, the better way to do it is to exercise real sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end, get like the lawyers can go defend it and articulate it mm-hmm. and everything. But like there, there's there's been a there's been an argument for like the formal function without actually like having political yeah. leaders who embody it and like act like sovereigns. This is, this is why, this is why the left can so effectively use lawfare because they're actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's like one piece. The other piece on the state stuff is conservatives are kind of of two minds. Um, a lot of our constitutional thinking has been dominated by going to the Supreme court and asking for vindication of individual rights against particular states. And that mm, like we've right, been right, doing right. so much of that that it comes to dominate like how we think about politics. So like just the popular constitutionalism and all of mm. this, like, you know, we're much more used to a scenario where we go to the Supreme Court and ask them to strike down some 
crazy blue blue state gun law or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it, like really our gear. That's our that's our best gear that we have. I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because there's like even in conservative circles, there's this conception that the relationship between um, the federal government and the people is actually direct from the individual to the Supreme Court or whatever, but it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be like that. They're supposed to be like these mediators and the states play a really key role in mediating between the individual and the federal government. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, we're all, including the conservative legal movement, we're all inhabiting this world that was created in like the 60s mm-hmm. where, you know, you could go and sue your state in federal court because of some claim from the Bill of Rights. And like that was not right. the case for most of our nation's history. Um, and it sort of inverts and, you know, it corrupts the the relationship between the people, the individual, the state and the federal government. What you're talking about there is is sort of the like the um, the corruption of the uh, 14th Amendment and the incorporation mm-hmm. movement. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so, Josh, like so. So moving forward, how does the Arizona lawsuit relate to what's kind of kind of transpire <laughs> in Texas then? Well, um, like, OK, if you went and asked A.I. like chat GPT, why? <laughs> apply the rule in Arizona versus US to the facts of the Texas case. ChatGPT would tell you the Texas law is invalid and needs to be thrown out. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> it basi- like on the face of it, it's basically the same law. Now here's one, I mean, and what that really means is you've got to go up to the Supreme Court to change it technically, mm-hmm. right? Like the fifth circuit is not going to, uh, directly say we're overruling Arizona versus United Mm -hmm. States. They can't do that. There's one, I think the one distinguishing factor that they're, they're going to argue in court is they're going to make a much bigger deal, a much more structured deal about the fact that there's an invasion. Um, Mm -hmm. Arizona didn't, that was sort of like, I think they made some reference to that, but it was sort of a throwaway argument in the Arizona case. And um, Abbott's got the, he's, he's certainly got the facts for it. He can build a record. Um, you know, if he's got, if he's got sympathetic border patrol agents, all the better. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so ideally you lean hard into this invasion theory and then, um, because that's just like straight up an exception to like a supposedly exclusive federal function. If you're Mm -hmm. like, it says you can't, like a state cannot make war unless it's invaded. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it, the, 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 the logic is, well, if a state's exempted from the prohibition on making war, which that's a power that's like expressly and exclusively mm-hmm. given to the federal government, if they're exempted from that, then surely they must be, they must be within their rights if they're dealing with, you know, an immigration invasion, um, when immigration is not under the express words of the Constitution given to the federal government. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, I think that will be enough of a distinguishing factor that the Fifth Circuit, uh, which is now like it's it's always been pretty right wing, but really good right wing right now. A lot of tr- good Trump appointees. I think the Fifth Circuit finds a way to save the Texas law. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then from there, uh, you know, it can go up to SCOTUS uh, Going up to SCOTUS right before the 2024 elections. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Like, like, the, the, I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of the, uh, sort of the pickle that the Biden administration is in right here. Right. 
Yeah, right. No, it's it's a very tough situation. And again, like I, I say, Greg Abbott needs to be sending signals that if they come and strike down Texas law, there will be a constitutional crisis. Yeah, this yeah. is I mean, what did you call this? The old hickory option. The old yeah. hickory. Yeah. You got to come up with an option these days. Everybody's <laughs> that's right. Everybody's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. CJ yeah. doesn't have one yet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll get one. Yeah. I'm not, not the, public consumption yet, huh? The, the Schmidt option. Uh, <laughs> we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not. We're not. Yeah. To, we're not to decisionist. Yeah, there. there we go. Um, well, yeah, I think. I mean, some of it too. Like, um, you know, the timeline for this. I mean, it seems to line up with. Yeah, like you're you're right before the election and things like that. But I, I think I I, I want to look at this. You know, in a, in a broader principle, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit, Josh, um, with. You know the fact that all right, you're 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 forcing this constitutional crisis, and the mode of you know conservative activism is is kind of forced to change, where it, it no longer is like you said, um, you know, just going and appealing. Like California has some ridiculous gun law, and so they go and uh, pass you know and 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 fight against a magazine ban or something like that it's like individual rights against a state like like you said uh but rather all right state uh, pursuing the interests of the people over and against the federal government and and then and and the legal side of it almost is like a fig leaf to the actual action right um mm -hmm. and 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 viewing it that way where it's i mean we you know early on uh i think one of the first episodes we did in the podcast we were <coughs> we were uh I, I'm, I'm coughing over this. We're, we were praising DeSantis uh, for uh, for his action in Florida, right? Yeah. We're, we're praising it because, and it was it was good. It was really good. Where it's like, I hear these states of exception that he is taking advantage of to to oppose mm -hmm. the federal mm -hmm. government and their laws and things like that, and actually acting as a sovereign. Mm -hmm. And and then like the post hoc, you know, legal justification, like finding. Finding a legal way, you know, to cover yourself after the fact, like that's completely the opposite of what uh, mm -hmm. conservative elected officials have done for our entire lifetimes. And mm -hmm. and so like this is like you said, this is an, a new, you know, a new leaf has been turned, at least I hope, um, in in Republican you know, conservative uh, executives operating in this mode. Where it's like I don't I don't care what the federal government says I don't care what the Supreme Court says I don't care what uh, the law even says I'm going to do what what is right and and do what is is best for my people. Well, what the Constitution allows me to do, like that's yeah. the thing. That's yeah. what we have on our side. Yeah, exactly. It's already set up that way, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to you have to force the issue. Like the the Constitution at the end of the day, and this is a point we make all the time. It's just a piece of paper, right, on its own. <laughs> Right, it just is a piece of paper with words on it. It doesn't matter unless there's action, right? Unless unless it's mm -hmm. backed up by somebody using force. And so, if Republican governors finally use the force of the state to enforce the law as it is written, right? It's it's not going to matter, right? That's why like the the kind of you know um, normie con boomer con things like oh look my constitution my con this is unconstitutional. It's like nobody cares if you don't force the issue. And so like Abbott mm -hmm. doing this is forcing the issue, forcing, uh, forcing the Supreme court into a constitutional crisis that it very clearly doesn't want. 
And I mean, is there going to be more of this, not just from Abbott, because I mean, from afar, like I'm not in Texas, you know, Josh is, um, I've always kind of viewed Abbott as, is is pretty weak actually. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like he's, he's not the strongest executive. He's not going to it, until this week, right. It did seem like he's going to poke the feds in the eye, but I mean, there's blood in the water, I think, with the Biden administration where they're they're very they're very weak, very vulnerable. And if there's a time to act now, now is the time. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, his administration senses this. So is there going to be more of this? And and if so, where? Right. What other governors are going to say, all right, uh, time to move, time to do time to time to enforce um, you know, the law of the land? Well, I do think there's going to be a lot more of this from Abbott. And, and, you know, we could, we could argue about this. I know there's some skepticism because, you know, Abbott's got a mixed record. Um, you know, uh, conservatives were, were pretty happy when he won. Um, you know, was that back in 2010 or 12 as part of the, one of the, part of the tea party wave, um, you know, and, and he, uh, you know, he did have some early aggressive moves, um, you know, one of the things, I mean, people often forget, but in this nation, we had this old generation of Republican governors who were basically country club Republicans. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was a second wave that really came up in the 2000s, early 2010s, who they were getting <coughs> more, they were getting more aggressive about building out state capabilities in a very modest way. Um, they, a lot of them planted these like really good top-notch solicitor general's offices. So like Texas mm-hmm. did that. Um, that's where Ted Cruz came from. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's where he came from. Um, you know, and they were they were going to the front lines fighting, you know, Obamacare and all this stuff. And that was like, you know, now, like in 2023, we look back on that and that's like, oh, you know, OK, like that's the bare minimum you should be doing. Like, you know, but but at the time, even that was sort of unusual, like, yeah, like radical governments yeah. didn't have good lawyers uh, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. You know, mm-hmm. they like um, they had to hire outside firms and they were not like aggressively. No, no, no conservative state government was aggressively pursuing lawfare. Um, mm-hmm. And so they started doing that. And they, like there's a limited good aspect to that. But I, I would suggest that, like, yes, the next the next step is these governors acting like sovereigns themselves, not, you know, not content to outsource, you know, their disputes to their solicitor general's office, like, don't, don't hand the file over to the lawyer, you know, mm-hmm. like this is your responsibility. You're the governor of a sovereign state. Mm-hmm. And there's so much pent up acclaim for that kind of behavior. We saw it with DeSantis. I agree at his best. That's exactly what he was doing. And then, you know, Abbott, I mean, what, here's my, here's what I hope, like even from last night with this little Eagle pass thing, I mean, mm-hmm. like it, there, there was so much acclaim Bit like in Texas nationally, because that's all there and it's pent up. It's just waiting for somebody to step in. Like history is demanding somebody to step in and stop this mm-hmm. crisis. And so my hope is it's not it's not really about Abbott at all, but he's he's the only governor that's situated to be like the man of history for this crisis. And I think history is sort of demanding it. Yeah. Um, and then it'll probably happen on other issues. You know, I think. Uh, Immigration is the kind of issue it can happen on. Mm-hmm. And then I think that um, I think a lot of this stuff around, uh, you know, 
minors and like these sexual experiments on minors and grooming. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of thing where it's likely to happen because there's so much pent up anger, betrayal, you know, readiness to stand behind somebody that's going to do the right thing in a courageous way. So mm -hmm. as, I don't know, you know, there, there's probably other, other scenarios that could come up that I'm not thinking of, but. So um, your, your advice to Abbott is to call the Biden administration's bluff and say um, what we're not going to stand down. You can sue us. We're going to take this all the way. Uh, so in the last, I think in the last More 10 minutes, that. like, like yeah. what I'm saying is that like in the last 10 minutes, I, I want to talk about like, how does this play out? Um, who Who's going to fold first here? Or is this going to go all the way? Is this going to become a constitutional crisis with the Biden administration? Do they have it within them to push this um, beyond where uh, even Abbott probably would, would want to go? Yeah. So, so it's up to the Supreme Court, really, if it becomes a constitutional crisis, because they can take an off ramp. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's likely that they take an off ramp. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, but what I'm saying is that like Abbott needs to signal not only that I'm going to fight this all the way up to SCOTUS, but like I may just not obey any federal order. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and 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 that itself will help to encourage SCOTUS to take the off ramp. But mm -hmm. let's say so let's say in the unlike likely scenario, SCOTUS doesn't take an off ramp. OK, mm -hmm. now the Biden administration has a Supreme Court order saying that the Texas laws are invalid and overturned. Mm -hmm. And you've got the Abbott administration saying, like, no, we're enforcing them. Yeah. OK, now that, that's a constitutional crisis. Um, yeah. And. I think I think the Biden administration tries to find some low impact way to save save face in that scenario. Yeah. Um, imagine i mean just imagine they're spending billions of dollars in some war in in some eastern european country mm -hmm. and you know and they've got a couple other wars that they're thinking of starting and you know the saber rattling about um yeah. they they can't do a thing on the border because they have no resources and then all of a sudden they have resources <laughs> to send the national guard down right. to shut down yeah. texas i mean yeah. that would be it's extremely unlikely and if that happens, that would be sort of a tragic ending, but it would also be like, I mean, what I say to Abbott in my article is that would be a type of heroism too, because you would be revealing yeah. like the true nature of what yeah. we're all dealing with here right. in a very definitive yeah. kind of final way. I mean, that goes right into the history books. Oh, you, yeah. You didn't have enough resources to do a thing on the border, but you came in and like, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, sent Greg Abbott to jail. I mean, delegitimization, like if yeah. that comes out of this, I mean, that's that's a um, that's a step that needs to be taken regardless. I mean, that delegitimizing the federal government like that, uh, it also gives uh, momentum and it also gives you know courage to other you know political actors yes. at the local level. Yes. Yeah. So but but I think that's I think that's all very unlikely because that would be mm -hmm. so right, right. Incredibly painful for not just like Biden or it, it would be incredibly painful for like everybody in federal government mm -hmm. um so it, it, yeah it would um and i mean i think you're, you're right the likelihood is they would they would try to save face in some way and and well, just but, it but i mean but, that's that's likely but like you know but th these things lead to one another so the next crisis no. things will go a little further and for you know what yeah. i mean like you need to start the domino somewhere yeah 
Yeah, and and even but at the same time, like I, I think you're, yeah, like the likelihood, like if you have to bet on it, right? I I would bet they would they would de-escalate in some way, right? Um, and try to save face, especially before an election and so forth. But right, you have to think of like the kind of people that we're dealing with. I mean, you you brought up you know that particular Eastern European country, and you you see what they they did there, right? They they pushed and pushed and pushed all of that to happen, even even though none of it had to. And the likelihood, like they they thought, okay, we're gonna like destabilize Russia and and cause Putler to you know be cooed and and the whole country to collapse so we can loot it. Um, and that didn't happen, right? I mean, it was a very foolhardy like foreign policy decision that they made, and they just aggressively went after it like a like a dog chasing a car. And and so if that's the mentality they have with that. Why wouldn't they have it with this too, right? Where it's just all or nothing. We have to win here and we are going to show force and we are, we're not going to give in if we have to, yeah, if we have to send in the 101st Airborne to, uh, to Austin, Texas and to the governor's mansion and, and, you know, roll him into a paddy wagon, right? We will. Right. I, I mean, mean, I, that's, I that's how that possibly happened. Yeah. I mean, that's the, how, the, that's how weak regimes act, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, um, you know the 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 national security state still depends in it, in a lot of its ranks on normie conservatives and middle of the road political people and a lot of, Tex- a lot of texans a lot of texans <laughs> yeah and they are going to have they're going to have severe command chain breakdowns if they're doing that here as opposed to ukraine so yeah. that that would be my that would be my best argument it's not necessarily an argument on their competence or rationality um, but, uh, like you know, they, they, will, yeah. they will have a lot of difficulty even just having some of their orders carried out. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, let me play devil's advocate on that a little bit. Uh, this is good. This is when it gets more exciting when we can argue, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I mean, you see with, uh, 2020 and the things that occurred in 2020, I mean, not just, uh, the mostly peaceful summer, but, but also, Right, all of the orders and and so forth, right? All of that stuff's carried out, and nobody nobody said boo. I mean, you have you have this totalitarian operation happening in the United States, and all the rank and file just went along with it, like almost entirely. So, I mean, same thing with like the the mandate in the military, right? Uh, the majority of it. I mean, you have very courageous people who said no, not doing that, but that was. That was a minority well, of people. And now they're gone. <laughs> and they're yeah, gone they, now. They, here's the thing about the military. I mean, the, you know, when you join and, you know, you go to a physical, you've got to get an anthrax vaccine. I oh, mean, yeah. your whole life is getting forced to get vaccines in the military yeah. far before vaccines became a flashpoint in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I mean, the, the, um, you know, a lot of states learn to be non-compliant pretty quickly in COVID. Um, like, yeah. I, I think COVID is actually great. I think it's a great, I, I think like it trashed federal government credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they can necessarily recover from that. And and I, I just think there's a lot of people in the service who are with us and they took the COVID shot because, um, you know, because they cost um, benefit analysis. Yeah. And they, yeah, and they've yeah, taken, sure. they've been forced to take, you know, 20 or 30 other shots in their military. Exactly. Yeah. So what's one more shot? And, and then, you know, uh, I mean, the other thing, like a lot of the, I mean, there, there are still a lot of good people who, um, the best people are probably in that kind of 
you know, global war on terror veterans, maybe at year 15 of their service, they don't mm -hmm. like where it's going, but they want to hit year 20 before they retire. And they're probably like mid-level commanders. Mm -hmm, still yeah. a lot of those guys. And so, you know, yeah. I just think it's like, it's a, it's just a different bridge. I mean, these are guys who they, they kind of hate Russia because like, the, you know, Russia's always messing with us inner, you know, they grew operate. up in the 80s and 90s and they watched, you know, uh, yeah. Cold War action movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. but these are all these are a lot of these guys are guys who are going to look at the prospect of invading Texas mm -hmm. and it's just not going to happen. Well, let's let's back up a, a second. Um, you know, say it's not sending the military in because I don't think it would like escalate to yeah. that. Um, it would more so be we're going to swarm uh, the governor's mansion of Texas with a thousand FBI well, agents. yeah, it'll probably be, it'll be proxies. Be it'll be proxies. Yeah. I mean, that's how we do everything in in Europe. Yeah, and so like if they did that, right? Is Greg Abbott gonna like call in the Texas National Guard and say and and like have a standoff with them? Like, I mean, is it gonna if it got to that point? Um, I don't, I don't think he maybe. would. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe, I maybe, mean, maybe yeah. not. But what, yeah, that, what I'm saying is, yeah. like, are you saying think, so? He's like Gregory Bukele. Right, <laughs> oh, that'd be great if he was. There's gonna be like that'd FBI be... agents, like with yeah. the covers on and their shirts off, like you yeah. know, in rows, yeah. <laughs> shades yeah. and rows and shackles. Yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. we're not gonna get monetized. <laughs> it's it's over. It's over. Yeah, uh, it's done. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I just, I look at it this way: where like, I, I think, um, like, like CJ says, like the the behavior of weak regimes. I mean, you see this with. Um, all of the um, the arrests of the people at the electoral justice protests and and like they just announced they're gonna start arresting people that were just standing around outside not breaking any laws um, you know as accessories to the crime like they're they're gonna they're doing that kind of stuff which is mm -hmm. you know weak regime behavior and so if they're doing those kinds of things why wouldn't they arrest the governor of Texas and and try and and, and do that kind of stuff and so like I mean you bring it up in your article. Right. He has to be ready for that. Right. He has to be ready mm -hmm. for them to to do these things to him personally and um, and and you call their bluff. Right. At, at a certain point, like they, they can't get away with it forever. And um, but at, at the same time, I'm almost two minds of this where it's it's almost like a, it, it ultimately you know, is this battle of wills. Where is the will of the regime to to not allow any dissent, any departure from from the way, their way of doing things, um, and and their rule, um, is it so strong that if he you know, if he summons the will to fight it, right, they can't but oppose him and, and go scorched earth on him and Texas and everything else, right? I I I, I think they probably will. And so is he ready? Is he ready for that? I don't know fight? If he's ready for that. I also think real quick, and I know Josh is going to jump in here, but I also think before military action, I think they take all sorts of financial action. I mean, every state is dependent in some way on federal government uh, flow of funds. Um, yeah. That that would probably precede military stuff. Yeah. No yeah, Medicare yeah. money for Texas anymore. Sorry. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It might. Um, although there's interesting sort of, escalatory things you can do on both sides of that equation um if that happens but yeah they might i mean like you know what do they do they sanction texas cut us off the swift system yes. um <laughs> you know 
we have to join <laughs> we have to join the new uh, currency zone with China and Russia. Um, <laughs> you know, you know yeah, I mean, like all, some of those things are in their toolkit. Um, but, you know, some of that funding is like, you know, it has like very specific conditions like road funding is conditioned on. Um, mm -hmm. states passing underage drinking laws, right? Like, so they don't, it's not like every federal dollar that comes here has some condition that is like, Texas must comply in all respects with the Supreme Court order. Yeah, you know? but deep politics, there's networks of those flow of funds. You know, those, I mean, those things can be, you know, you, there, there's pressure points, you and, know, like- and the, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, the escalation, I mean, it isn't only, I mean, it- our experience has been it's only one sided, but uh, like there, it can be two sided too. So like, yes. if they if they try to push those things, right? You could, I mean, it, it seems extreme and and crazy, but we're in extreme and and crazy times. And if they if they do, you know, push that kind of nuclear button financially, you could just say, well. Uh, no more federal income tax from the state of Texas, right? We're, right. we're not going to allow you to tax our citizens anymore. Like things like that. I mean, it seems absurd and, and, and insane. White to, pill, white pill. Yeah. That way, but but it's if, like any, what if they stopped giving arrested. welfare to Texas and people had to move to get welfare in another state? I mean, oh, that'd be yeah. horrible. <laughs> no. Yeah. We'll but take them. We'll take them. To be eligible for federal benefits, you've got to leave Texas. Yeah. I mean, we'll take yeah. war yeah. of attrition. Um, yeah. Josh, I, I don't want to, why don't you finish up with your final comments? I don't want to take, you've been generous with your time too. So I don't yes, want to take, you. take all your time. Thank so you. yeah, guys, I mean, we've beaten this up pretty well. I'm not sure, you know, um, you know, I, there's not a lot else to say. I mean, other than, you know, really, I, I want to go back to the beginning and basically yeah. say that, um, you know, look, I hope, I, I hope Abbott does this. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I last night was an encouraging sign, but that you know, who knows? It's very early. Mm -hmm. um, but the the all the all the stuff is there in our political tradition to draw on. Mm -hmm. um, like, read what our political tradition says about states and their duties to their citizens, and then act like what they say about you. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to make it all more likely that things work out. Um, you know, and then finally, you know, to Andrew's point, like we don't know the future. Maybe it does turn into this big escalatory conflict and it ends with Abbott, like, you know, getting arrested and, you know, the DOJ arresting him and indicting him and things like that. Um, like, you know, if that happens, I mean, Abbott will be a consequential figure in history. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know like, you know, like I think there was a lot of people who if in that place and they said, that's the cost, I'll take it. Um, you know, we don't know if he would or not, um, but, you know, what's the alternative? It's like, you know, but, you know if, you're, if you're an inconsequential figure in this just long managed decline, you complained about the crisis, you know, like yeah. what, what kind of is that the legacy you really want? I think um, um, I think making martyrs is one of the uh, most damage self damaging things that the federal government could do right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. making a martyr out of him, yeah. especially someone like significant, right? Not. Um, I mean, they can make martyrs of, right? That guy in like Utah that that posted, you know, crazy stuff on Facebook that the FBI rubbed out, right? Um, they they can make martyrs like that, and you know, only people like us care about it. But well, yeah, because it it justifies their, yeah, exactly, yeah. People, the yeah. crazy people, it justifies their warnings about Nazis yeah. in America or whatever. Um, yeah, doing it to Abbott radicalizes 
you know, the Main Street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I and mean, it's just it's, oh, go Main ahead, Street doesn't even know about these arcane legal debates. They yeah. just look at the news and they're like, the federal government is removing boundaries yeah. that Texas yeah. put up. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like just the, those like very basic facts, like absurd. Um, and it's not even like the right wing. I mean, we're talking 60% of the country gets angry about that. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, um, I appreciate your time, Josh. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good talk. It's going to, things, you know, things could, uh, things could go pretty rapidly from here. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. All right. Well, I'll try to stay up to date. So if you guys want to talk again, you know, you know where to find me. So absolutely. Well, everyone, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week with all sorts of uh, new and exciting stuff. Maybe we will be uh, having uh, some guests. I don't know if CJ has gotten uh, Paul Gottfried yet. Uh, We got to get him back on here to discuss, uh, um, uh, discuss the Caldwell book. Maybe that will happen. I'm not going to make any promises. I can't, uh, I can't keep, but, uh, that's the plan. We'll see if we can pull those strings, but, uh, until next time, thank you all. Uh, please like, and subscribe and share and get this to everybody. Please buy the Boniface option and read it, uh, and buy 15 copies for all your friends. Uh, but, uh, anything else you want to do? Anything else you want to share CJ before uh, we leave any articles, uh, Oh, when are we going to hear from We're All Gonna Make It? Oh, we never get, we ran out of time for We're All Gonna Make It. Next time, maybe. We'll see. Um, Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, nothing new here. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next time.